Welcome to AM Best Audio. Insurance fraud is an age-old problem as old as insurance itself, and insurers need to be ever vigilant in combating fraud. I'm John Weber for AM Best Audio, and I'm speaking today to Brian Wilson, VP Special Investigations Unit in QBE North America, and Dan Gumpright, EVP Product and Operations at Detect System. And Brian, we're going to start with you today. How prevalent is insurance fraud? That's a that's a really challenging question to get an answer to. It would depend upon, of course, the various types of frauds that are committed against the various lines of business. Historically, though, organizations like the National Insurance Crime Bureau have put estimates out that it could be up to 10% of all claims. Yeah, we, you know, uh, on our end, we we see it probably anywhere between kind of 3 to 10%, depending on the line of business and depending on the type of claims you're looking at. Um, so I think the uh, the NICB estimates are probably probably correct. Um, the FBI also, uh, I believe, says that in the US, the average family um, spends an additional four to seven hundred dollars a year uh, on their insurance premiums just because of insurance fraud. And we've got to remember that that, that insurance fraud is uh, across not only kind of organized schemes, but also just individuals trying to get away without kind of paying their deductible or um, get away with kind of just uh, what they would call softer, softer fraud. Uh, Dan, do you think uh, fraudsters are becoming more tech savvy? Absolutely. Um, I think kind of the, the number of tools that are out there nowadays to manipulate the information that you're sending uh, to your uh, insurance carrier at the point of claim or even at the point of underwriting um, are plentiful. So if you, for example, want to uh, want to take a photo um, of an item and send it into your insurance company, um, the capability for you to modify the underlying metadata, so that's kind of the textual data that comes in um, with an image um, is pretty easy. Um, you know, one of the things we've also seen is it's pretty easy to go online onto YouTube or uh, any kind of video channel and see, say, how do I add damage to this photo? Um, we're, we're also seeing kind of more um, use of tools to manipulate documentation. Um, there was actually uh, an interesting um, kind of broadcast by a, a fraud agency in the UK recently to identify um, some of the frauds that, that kind of individuals are opportunistically committing. And one of those was actually manipulating uh, documentation that was going into the insurance company. So we're definitely seeing that the average individual is more tech savvy. Uh, it's, it's becoming easier to commit fraud, especially at the kind of attachment level and the uh, the image and document level. So Brian, what are some of the common uses of technology to commit fraud? Well, our experience has really been along the same lines of what Dan had mentioned with regard to metadata and also the you know use or manipulation of um, images. So right now we have a, a, a solution in place that screens for and analyzes the metadata on documents and photos received that are presented in support of a claim. It looks for, you know, any manipulation of the document um, in terms of the you know date, in terms of the dollar amounts, in terms of the name, the heading. So someone could either take an original document and manipulate it, or they could take a document off the web and, and use it, or they could, you know, uh, 
acquire a, a false invoice from an internet source. In addition to that, they can also take photographs or items off of the web, claiming them as their own in order to fit the picture of the fraud in which they're presenting. Yeah, we, you know, we see, we see a lot of kind of um, uh, manipulation of metadata and reuse of images and even kind of at the pixel level kind of photoshopping of images. Um, but the other thing we, you know, we see a lot is people simply, uh, you know, a lot of individuals are unaware that this, uh, that this underlying data exists um, or that these checks exist. And if, uh, if you, you know, submit a claim for a stolen item, for example, um, when you take a photo of that item after the date at which it was supposed to be supposed to have been stolen, um, you know, we can identify in a second with sophisticated software now um, that that claim date does not match the date at which the photo was taken. So even kind of simplistic checks like that become really useful to have automated um, within the organization. Uh, but as Brian was saying, kind of the reuse of images is uh, is pretty prominent as well. Brian, how are insurers using tech and AI to combat insurance fraud? Yeah, we have. Um, so we've deployed our solution now and had it in place for solid for a couple of years. And it started with a manually doing some of the checks that we're talking about here on the call and then moving to integration with our claim system and finally an automated um, bot that will process these items through the analysis that's required. Um, so we're fully deployed with this solution and we're, and we're finding, you know, very favorable results. Uh, and that kind of speaks to, you know, A, our, our identification of this as a threat, you know, B, our knowledge that, you know, we were going to be uh, potentially exposed to it by the nature of the claims we were receiving and C, the power of the tools that are out there. And as we've deployed it, you know, we've learned a good deal about the technology itself but also just the range of schemes and range of ways people will, you know, from very small dollar unsophisticated type claims to more larger complicated ones will continue to, you know, um, uh, corrupt information and, you know, uh, uh, the ways we're described. Yeah, I guess kind of in terms of adopting uh, technology, the, you know, what we're, what we're doing at uh, QBE with, with Brian and his team and across all claims is, we're basically running automated forensics on every single image, attachment, document, uh, video, uh, PDF, everything that's received at the point of claim uh, in its raw form. And you know the reason why kind of technology and AI is important in this uh, in this fashion is you know straight through processing is becoming more common in insurance companies. Insurance carriers want to process claims as quickly as possible. They want to make their their customers right. Um, but, you know, running the 120 or so forensic, detailed forensic checks that we run on every single image and document, if you were to do that manually, you, you know, we've seen individuals who are experts in forensics spend up to two hours on a single image or document. So if you were going to do that on every document contained within a claim, it would just be complete, completely ineffective in terms of cost. So the idea is, if you can run every single one of those on every image, document, et cetera, that's received, uh, you can effectively weed out the, let's say it's 5% of claims that contain manipulation, and all of those other green good claims can be paid fast. So you're, you're actually acting in the best interest of 
your good policyholders and you're only stopping the ones that, you know, that need to be stopped where that manipulation is prevalent. Yeah, what types of tech is out there to detect higher volume, lower value opportunistic fraud? Yeah, so that's that's kind of the uh, what I was getting at before, which is, you know, we're looking in opportunistic kind of lower value, high volume uh, fraud scenarios. We're looking at kind of um, the majority of decisions being made on a small amount of data, but kind of generally a lot of images and documents that come in. Uh, so if you're claiming kind of for a small receipt or a loss of an iPhone, um, you know, it might be $500, um, $1,000. Spending a significant amount of time looking at those becomes completely ineffective in, in terms of costs. So we're basically focused on looking at the images and documents that come in, forensically checking them on an automated basis and running those algorithms on every single uh, document and image. And all of this happens in, you know, sub-second or seconds. So you can look at thousands and thousands of, um, of documents and images and claims and process them, you know, effectively sub-seconds. So you're not spending time looking at those kind of lower value examples. And, you know, Brian can probably provide... Uh, a couple of examples directly at QBE um, where these have uh, where kind of these kind of checks have identified um, real fraud in in a matter of in a matter of seconds. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Dan. I think part of that answer too is how you deploy this capability. The de- the capability is is just as Dan has described. It's very very effective, very robust. But it does, you know, does analyze and screen a lot of things on a daily basis. So what we've done is centralized that within the SIU. So all of that output is triaged, reviewed by the SIU so that we will only notify the claim professional when there is something to notify them about. Um, so all the other things that, you know, go through without any issues raised, you know, it's transparent to, you know, the people on the claim side doing doing the work handling those claims. And that's a key thing because of the, you know, the option to deploy this, you know, in a number of different ways, we've found great value in putting it through to the SIU that way. Um, And as such, you know, we're very close to this and we see the output daily. And a lot of these cases are, you know, things like um, a great example of a case where there was a water damage claim because of a leaking uh, washing machine. And there was photos of washing machine presented and then photos of damaged items from the water. And when we ran that particular, some of that particular material through, we learned that that, those photos, two things, there were two issues that it alerted on. One was that the uh, photos had existed for a number of years on the internet in, in a number of home improvement websites. So presumably they took the photo off of a, you know, a particular website and used it for this story. But further, they took the photo and then they cropped it down to fit it in with the other photos because the background on the wall from the photo from the web was a different color than the background of the apartment in which they actually were staging the water damage. So it alerted on both of those features. Um, we've had a number of other things. We've had people, they've um, uh, manipulated police reports that they had from other incidents to substantiate a false burglary claim. We've had them take, buy, buy um, fake invoices off the internet, bring them in, make them to suit their uh, report, and they forgot the metadata says the source of the, force, you know, the false invoice 
origin of purchase on the web. So just about any way that someone can, you know, corrupt a document or use a photo in a way to misrepresent the truth or to further a fraudulent story has been done, sometime on a wholesale basis, sometimes on a little changes to certain fields that you know you would think would be undetectable and in most cases are undetectable to the eye by the way you know but yet this system will detect them in less than five seconds yeah one of the one of the most interesting cases i actually saw recently was uh i think someone that uh that thought they were getting away with it they'd actually um they'd actually change the time and date on their phone um to reflect the time and date that they wanted the photos to be taken uh, they snapped the photo. They turned off their location data, um, so you you couldn't kind of detect it through GPS location or the uh, the location tag. But what we also do is we and they didn't they didn't remove the metadata because that kind of potentially looks suspicious. Uh, what they didn't realize that we we maintain a database of all um, firmware and kind of iOS and other camera releases. Um, and actually, the photo had been taken uh, several days before the release of the software that was actually used to capture the photo on their phone. Um, and that firmware mismatch actually led to the uh, the fraudulent um, detection. And I think think Brian's seen some of those as well. So even where people do go to lengths to kind of mask the fraud and then make it look legitimate by not removing data, um, we often catch a lot of those as well, um, which is a saving to the insurance company and also a saving to other legitimate policyholders who are not committing fraud. They're just trying to get their claim paid. Brian, how should insurers begin their AI anti-fraud journey? That's a great question, too. Uh, I think it, it really starts with self-assessment. So, you know, what do I mean by self-assessment? You really have to look inward and take a look at the business you write the types of claims that are generated, and, and to identify what the fraud threats look like and the types of fraud scenarios that those threats would manifest into. Once you've done that, then you, you have to take a look inside of those different claims and, and those different types of scenarios and look for where you have reliability on something or where verification would be called for. So the best way to describe these capabilities are um, if you are relying on something to be original and or authentic and, and, and have the integrity in which it's represented, but you don't have a check and a means to do so, then, you know, this is a, certainly an option to consider for these types of claims. Just like with any other tool, though, that may be out there, it really has to fit what your particular fraud threats may be. And that comes from that self-assessment. Once you're done with that, of course, it's a matter, simple matter of prioritizing against the risks and what the capabilities may be, and then really designing a very, very, you know, well thought out pilot or proof of concept, which is something we did before we deployed this tool. It gave us great insights to the tool itself. It also informed us as to how we were going to use it to get the most efficient value from the from the tool itself. Well, this has been a great discussion. Brian, Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. That was Brian Wilson. VP Special Investigations Unit, QBE North America, and Dan Gumpright, EVP Product and, and Operations at Detect System. And I'm John Weber for I Am Best Audio. Looking to get the full attention of the insurance industry? 
we have the platforms that will do just that. Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day. Find out more by calling AM Best Advertising Sales at 908-439-2200, extension 5399, and have a great day.